What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I'm Ellie Nieves, and I'm a woman's leadership speaker and coach. Welcome to the Christian Career Women Podcast. If you're a Christian woman who wants to honor God, live with purpose, be known for excellence and integrity, and achieve work-life balance, then this podcast is for you. At Christian Career Women, our goal is to help you aspire, achieve, and thrive in your faith, life, and work. To learn more and to join our free online community, go to ChristianCareerWomen.com. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome, ladies. So good to see you. So good to have you be part of this panel. Welcome, everyone. This is the Christian Career Women podcast and Facebook Live. We are excited to be with you today. Today, we are going to be talking about how we can go from being overwhelmed to overflowing. We all know that there have been a lot of issues that we've been facing uh, in our world today, and it's been uh, taking us to different places in our lives, right? We've gone from having a steady, calm lives to just feeling overwhelmed by everything that we're experiencing in our lives, but then also what we're witnessing uh, in the world. So I'm excited to be joined by some fabulous sisters who are going to uh, share about their personal journeys, but then are also going to give us some strategies that we can use so that we can go from being overwhelmed to overflowing. So I want to turn it over to, why don't we start with Nakia? Nakia, would you like to uh, introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, my name is Nakia LaShore, and um, I am a manager of, of an operations team. I am a Christian woman. I am um, very actively involved in my church. Um, I work with our women's ministry and um, some of the administrative um, work throughout our church. Um, I am, you know, pleased and actually just very thankful that you, Ellie, um, asked me to be a part of this panel today. Um, this topic here, overwhelmed to overflowing, is very dear to my heart um, because I do. I find myself time to time just going in many different directions, and I have to just pause and say, wait a minute, this is not what God has me to be doing. So I am very thankful to be a part of this panel today. Great. Thank you, Nakia. How about you, Joe? Yeah. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name's Joe Moore. I'm quite sure Ellie invited me to be the overwhelmed person on this panel, <laughs> uh, but grateful to be here. I know God is going to use this for all of us and um, hopefully everyone listening too. So, um, you know, I did not grow up in a church home. I, I grew up um, with, without Christ and uh, became a Christian when I went to college in 1991. And so, um, it's been quite a journey since then. Um, I am also a, a solo mom, an entrepreneur, um, and you know I do see my work as my ministry. And so, um, anyway, just grateful to be here today. Thank you, Joe. And Angelica, last but not least. Hi, guys. My name is Angelica Spinoza. Um, I'm a Christian. I'm a wife, mother of five. I'm a paralegal at the um, in, in the immigration department at the law office I work at. Um, uh, before this whole COVID shutdown, um, my husband and I, my whole family, my children too, we were very active with our church. Um, I'm a leader in the children's um, uh, daycare at with one of the ministries that we attend to on Fridays and my husband and I also help out the hospitality once a month and our two older boys are active in their youth ministry and our younger ones also help out and um, this topic today um, like Joe said you know it um, and Nikki also mentioned uh, there are a lot of times where you know we're spinning around we're going left and right and front and back and you know we have to recenter ourselves in, in Christ and it's challenging, but it's not impossible. Absolutely. So yeah, so this is my theme for today because today I am personally overwhelmed. 
So I am so prepared to have this discussion, ladies. So I need you to impart all of your wisdom on me. We're gonna be using this book, When Women Long for Rest, uh, as our guide. This book is tattered. I've had it for years. I've taken notes. I read it every summer because I need to keep reading it because this is one of those things that I have to continue to uh, uh, disciple myself on. I have to coach myself on this particular topic on a regular basis. And this book, uh, When Women Long for, Rest, uh, Long for Rest by Cindy McMenamin uh, has just been instrumental in my walk. Uh, it just really speaks to um, how we as women need to put God in his proper place in our lives and how, uh, you know, as, as career women, as professional women in the marketplace, we set really high standards for ourselves. And then we just start spinning our wheels and we're spinning our wheels because we want to get ahead. We want to accomplish a lot. And then we know that we also have families at home and we're trying to balance it all. But this book is just such a great reminder that when we put God first and we keep him where he needs to be in our lives, that we can really get centered and we can get focused and we can go from feeling overwhelmed to overflowing. So let's start our discussion. Uh, here's a great scripture, God's call to be still. Psalm 46 verse 10 says, be still and know that I am God. So uh, before we move on with our discussion, do any of you ladies have any, any comments? or any thoughts about the scripture? I have a comment. Um, it, it, it's, it's interesting how when you read that one line, was it maybe eight word sentence, when you hear it out loud, it's like, be still and know that I am God. But then you can also hear it in a sense that, look, I told you to be still, I am God. And then, you know, if he were trying to get your attention, you will hear it as an exclamation, be still, I am God. So it's just interesting how those eight little words can be spoken when you read it, when you need it at different times that you need to just sit and be still. Sometimes it's a subtle voice and sometimes God got to get our attention some other kind of ways. But those eight little words say so much. <laughs> they do. They do. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I love this uh, particular quote from Cindy in her book. She says, my heart was convicted as I realized my running to and fro was doing nothing but making me tired and showing God that I felt I could do more with my life than he could. Was God capable of running the ministry he had entrusted me with if I would just rest and trust in him? Of course. Did he really need me to do all that I was doing? No. Any thoughts on this particular quote? I have a thought. <laughs> um, I myself was feeling convicted just reading this myself, you know, just thinking back at all the running around back and forth that I was doing. And I still find myself doing not as much as before, but still, you know, and um, came to realize that, you know, I was running at my pace and trying to do things my way and not letting God be the center of everything. And that's why I was feeling so tired, you know. And um, at times it took certain things to happen in order for me to be still and realize, okay, this is what God wants me to be. And even still trying to be still, my mind still tries to start spinning and start trying to work against that stillness I'm trying to. So yeah, that running around, going from to doing this and that and everything, it, it's, it, you, we get caught up in it. And before we know it, we're at a point where we're feeling like, God, I, I feel so alone. Like, I feel so tired. Like, I feel God away from me. But it's not that. It's just that we've slowly, I feel we've slowly drifted away and not, and we didn't have God centered like we were at one point. And that's what makes us feel like, okay, we're far away or I don't feel God near. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is a question, not only for our panelists, but also for those of you who have tuned in to watch us. It's an opportunity for us to self-reflect and really apply some of what we're learning to our lives. And the first question is, is it hard for you to be still in your life? And if so, why? 
So I already said I'm a solo mom. I'm an entrepreneur. Most people would say that by itself, either one of those is pretty crazy and pretty hard to be still. Um, so yes, it is hard. Um, but the scripture speaks a lot because, you know, I was thinking about how it says God has entrusted us with this ministry, which I believe is my family and it is my calling um, as well as my church at this group of women here. Um, he's entrusted me with that. And so he doesn't want me to trust myself. He wants me to trust him. And so that way um, I, I may be doing many things, but I need to be doing them in his strength. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this, this scripture definitely speaks to me and just the way uh, Nakia uh, addressed it you know, sometimes he is screaming at me, be still, just sit down. <laughs> uh, and that's how it speaks to me. Sometimes it has to be one of those loud and clear messages because otherwise he whispers, right? Doesn't he whisper to us as we go throughout our day, we kind of hear like, oh, why don't you just get some rest? Why don't you sit down? Just take a five minute break. And then you just keep ignoring it until he just, he has to scream at you. So today he's screaming at me. Um, but uh but yeah, that's how it speaks to me. Any any additional reflections on the on the scripture before we move on? It's challenging for me to be be still. You know, I feel like my demands, my work demands, my home demands as a wife, mother, you know, everything. It, it is challenging for me. But I also realized that I sort of grew up seeing that as well. So that was like the normal, like busy, 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 busy. I never, I never saw any rest, you know, seeing from my mom or my, my siblings or my sister. So that was like the normal for me. So when I came to Christ, you know, and I would hear this, I would hear him so much tell me, be still, be still. But I, in my own nature, you know, I didn't know what that was to be still, you know, so that's where I find it like it's challenging for me to be still, you know, it's just like my normal human nature growing up. That was normal, you know, don't rest. You just keep on going and going and going. And clearly we have some um, sisters in the audience. Uh, Colby says that being busy can be exalted as an implicit idol. Until I personally realized this, it kept me from being seated in God's rest, but the awareness was a blessing. That is so true. And Lucy says, very hard as I'm anxious and want to do my part, I need to trust God that, uh, that, that uh, always has my back. Absolutely. Holly says, yes, because there is always so much going on. And Jackie says, yes, I've been blessed to have summer off from work to focus on music ministry. After five weeks, today is the first day I got still. Wow. It's a long time. And, and it's the first time you get still. That, that's, I, I, I am with you, sister. I get it. <laughs> And Carolyn says, same here. I struggle with guilt preventing stillness, feeling guilty about not doing more, more, more. And Sharon says, I also feel like there's always something to do. Yes. Yeah. We can all relate. Absolutely. Thank you guys for sharing. So here we go. Another scripture for us. Come to me, all ye who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Any uh, reflections on the scripture? You know, when I first read this scripture and like I said from the beginning about how he tells us in a soft whisper or in a loud voice, when it talks about him commanding us to rest, when we don't listen, sometimes he presents things to us such as the, the pandemic that's going on right now. And I'll attest to the fact that um, the first quarter of 2020, was nonstop for me. It was, I mean, the, the new year started and boom, I hit the ground running and there was a lot of things to do. And there were, you know, just going in so many different directions. And if I'll be the first to say, I wasn't listening to rest. I was listening to say, what else should I be doing or how I should be doing it? Lord, give me strength to do it. No, what he was saying was sit down somewhere. And so when the pandemic hit, I had to sit. I shared with someone not too long ago that I feel lost because I'm not as busy as I was. But then I have to reflect and say that time that I'm not doing all those, you know, things that I'm supposed to, or that I thought I was supposed to be doing, I've now directed that energy 
somewhere else. You know, I've taken a little bit more time to do other things that God is now directing me to do, seeking him more, being more in prayer, getting more into the word, doing the things that I should have been doing all along when he was telling me to sit down somewhere and I wasn't. So now he literally had to command me and say, stop and sit down, come to me because all these burdens you're thinking you have and that you have on your shoulders, they're not yours. Just sit down. And, and I say that that was truly a, a command for me um, that I had to realize during the past three months. So just wow. at home. Wow, that's powerful. Okay. So let's take a, a few minutes here to self-reflect. And uh, besides physical rest, what else might we need rest from? I think the mental rest, you know, we need to um, unplug from social media, from TV, from all electronics, because that meant that's mentally exhausting, you know, and that's one thing that I don't think um, we self reflect, you know, um, I know, like right now I'm working from home. So I'm on the computer, I'm on the phone. So by the end of the day, it's like, I don't want to see a screen not even the TV screen, you know, and my husband comes home and he wants to watch something and I'm like, can't you turn it off? You know, but it's not fair to him. I'm the one who's mentally like screen exhausted, but he's not, you know, and before this whole pandemic, you know, when I would come home too, I, I wouldn't want to uh, go on the phone or anything. But right now I really feel like mentally, like I don't, by the end of my work shift at home, I, I don't want to look at a phone, hear nothing or see an email or anything. That is very real. I completely uh, get it. That's the same with me. It's like a minute I wake up in the morning and I, I've been working from home for two years now. So working from home wasn't new for me. What was new is that everybody else started working from home. So all of a sudden there was uh, an uptick in everybody else's productivity which somehow trickled over my way. So like the emails are nonstop. And the time people would have normally been commuting, you know, seven o'clock, seven thirty in the morning. Now they want to get on conference calls at seven thirty in the morning. So it's just upticked my level of work, uh, and it can just be overwhelming sometimes. Uh, so I completely follow what you're saying, Angelica, about being in front of the computer all day and just needing a break at the end, and not wanting to keep carrying that burden because it feels like a burden by the end of the day. Any, any other um, ideas about what else you might need phys uh, rest from besides physical rest? I think there's so many. Um, I think the responsibilities that we try to take on as our own, um, for me, one of those is raising a daughter who has OCD. And so um, on the one hand, there are many things I can do to help her. But on the other hand, I really need to trust God with that. Um, and you know, just our own anxieties and worries, you know, the Bible talks so much about, do not be afraid, do not worry, do not be anxious, um, because we tend to carry those around. And I personally have been called a worry wart since I was in fourth grade. <laughs> so, um, but that's not what God wants for, for us. He, he wants us to give him those burdens and trust him with those. What kind of heavy burdens has God given you rest from? I'll say like just the burden of um, like there, there are times where you're burdened down by life itself, like your worry, like someone mentioned early, just the worry of day to day. And when he presents himself to you and he gives you your needs and you self-reflect and say, that's all I needed. That's all I need. That is a relief of a burden to say, thank you, God, for providing that need, rather it be a financial need, and he's relieved you of that burden. Um, just, I'll give an example, when individuals pay off their student loans, that in itself is a relief of a financial burden. When you're able to pay off any debt, that is the relief of a financial burden. Um, anything, anytime that you're able to relieve yourself of that type of item that may worry you or burden you or, you know, cause some sort of anxiety, 
and God is able to remove it from your life, that in itself is like, yes, what a weight removed. And, you know, thank you, God, for relieving me of that financial or, you know, physical burden that's been hanging over me. And Lucy says uh, about work life, she says, I was so stressed at work and when the pandemic hit and had to work from home, it relieved me of a toxic work environment. That's, mm. a, that's a good one. That's a true blessing. True blessing yeah. right there. Absolutely. Uh, it reminds me that when you are in um, inside of, a, of an organization of some sort, there are dynamics that come with that. Uh, you know, people bring their stuff to work every day and, and, and it starts to reflect itself in how they interact with others and the work product and how they team up and collaborate or don't collaborate with others. So being able to be home and not having to navigate some of those organizational dynamics can truly be a blessing. So thank you for sharing that with you. Absolutely. So one of the things that Cindy tells us to do in her book is to focus on the few things that matter. And we've got a, a scripture here that would hopefully get us on track to be able to focus on the few things that matter. And that's Psalm 90 verse 12. It says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And Cindy talks uh, in the book about how uh, she had to gain some perspective around this by asking herself, what would happen to me if I uh, got cancer and was told I only had a few days or a few years or a few weeks to live? And when she asked herself that question, suddenly everything started to change in her life. She started to get new perspective on how she was organizing things in her life and the priorities that she should have in her life. Uh, what do you guys think about when you, when you see the scripture? This actually was um, something, again, like I mentioned earlier, that just happened to me today. So I want to just share a quick story. I'll make it as quick as possible. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm a caregiver for my husband because my husband is a, um, he's classified as a quadriplegic, but he has quite a, quite a bit of um, control of his upper body. So I have to help him in the mornings to like get up and get dressed and, you know, move about some of the things we take for um, granted. So it was actually just this morning and I was running a little late because I came upstairs, got my laptop on, getting ready to get to work and realized I had a meeting coming up and I hadn't helped him get up yet. And so I was like, okay, I'm not going to panic. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, go ahead and take care of him and get him up. And when I went down, I said, come on, we got to hurry up. And he was like, well, why do I have to hurry? I said, I have a meeting coming up. And he was like, now, you know, if you were to drop dead tomorrow, MetLife would be the first, they would replace you and you wouldn't have any, they go on about their business. So what's more important, me or your job? And just him saying that was like a perspective that, yes, I shouldn't have to hurry you, but let me see if I can reschedule this meeting. It just gave me that moment to think about what other options did I have that I could possibly you know, do besides just rushing him when it takes a little bit of time to take care of him. So it kind of just like slapped me in my face. It was like, Nikia, it's not that that big of a deal. If you were to able to move this meeting out by 15 or 20 minutes, they would be okay. And sure enough, I was able to, to shift everything by a half an hour and I was able to do what I needed to do. So it just puts those little things in perspective of what's priority in your life and sometimes it takes someone saying something that's like, oh yeah, maybe it is more important for me to take the time and do what I need to do and not get frantic and panic over things just right at the drop of a dime. So just one of those things. What a great example. I had, I had a similar moment last week. Uh, my uh, stepson was applying for college and he had this online um, uh, kind of orientation slash uh, application workshop. And he told me that he was going to get out of work and he was going to have to uh, log on to the meeting from his cell phone. And mm -hmm. I had a meeting at the same time that he had to log into the meeting. And I was, it just kept burdening me. I'm like, no, I have to be on this meeting. I have to be on this call with him. So I uh, rescheduled my meeting and I jumped on this call with him and the counselor from the college. And I'm so glad I did because whatever he needed to do, he needed someone to be in front of a computer to fill out an application for him. And I was there, but he couldn't do it from his phone. 
So I was, I was thankful that God put the burden on my heart at that moment, the same way he put it on your heart, Nikki, that kind of just gives you that flash of perspective. Like, no, this is a priority right now. This is really important. That work meeting can wait. And that's what I did. I just rescheduled the meeting for the next day. Nothing broke. I didn't get fired. It was fine. And I was there for my son when he needed me. And, 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 and you were there for your husband when he needed you. And sometimes we need to just think things through in terms of uh, our day and how we progress throughout our day and really ask ourselves, you know, are things where they should be in terms of our work? As well. So here's Cindy's list from the book. Uh, and she talks about how she would live differently if she knew that she only had a certain amount of time to live. And this is how she reordered everything in her life. She said that she would spend quality time every day with her husband and daughter. She would cut out the busy work at home and at church. She would write more letters, old fashioned letters, not emails to, my, uh, to her family and to her closest friends. She would spend more time in heart preparation every day, spend longer, richer times in worship and enjoy a sunset, walk in the sun, climb a mountain, take more prayer walks. This just doesn't, it just sounds lovely. It just sounds so nice. Um, <laughs> tell, tell me guys, what would you do differently if you had to live differently? I think mine's a similar to hers. <laughs> um, I would spend more, definitely more time with the Lord, you know, and uh, spending more more time in the worship because I do believe when we worship, you know, we there's that breakthrough, you know, after we're done worshiping. I know for myself, there's just that calmness where um, I could, okay, I could go on with my day now, you know, and um, definitely spending more time with my children and my husband and um, doing those early morning walks and evening walks to see the sunrise and the sunset. That's something I most definitely, I miss. And th those were my other times where I would spend time with the Lord and that's what I'm missing right now. And that's our self-reflection question, right? What is the one thing, if there was just one thing, what is that one thing that you believe God is calling you to do in order to live differently? And I'll ask Nakia and Joe if they have any, any comments on that. I would say that um, one of the things through my self-reflection and just, you know, spending a little bit more time um, with God over the last um, few months, I know what I need to do. So um, God is telling me I need to just slow down and rest when it's time to rest. There's a time to rest and there's a time to be busy. There's a time to work. There's a time to pray. There's a time to do each and everything that he has in our life. And what I am being prayerful about is him showing me those correct time frames because things are going and moving in so many different directions. I often, when it's time to rest, am up working. And again, that's another, another you know, thing in my life, I know I need to get a handle on. Um, when it's time to um, pray, when it's time to praise, when it's time to worship, there are things that I need to be able to um, clearly understand from God. Yes, I can rest. It's okay to stop. And it's okay not to be busy. It's okay not to have things to do. And I think that's really what um, the calling is right now is that in order for him to totally and just totally use me in the way that he wants to, I have to rest. I have to stop and do more listening with open ears and do more um, like self-reflection and, and acknowledging that Nakia, you're not doing what I told you to do and acknowledging that. And that's not always easy to do because sometimes like, God, I thought I did it right. You know, and just really taking that time and saying, nope, that's not what he wants me to do. Just, I have to just stop sometimes. I think for me, I'm going to have two things. Um, and it's funny because I just started this a couple of weeks ago. Um, first one is, yeah, in the morning, making a priority to actually get outside um, when the sun is rising, um, 
you know, just spend time with God, the outside, you know, pray and study the word um, and ideally um, move my body as well. Um, and then um, in the afternoon, um, I literally just put on my calendar a couple of days ago that, you know, from four to six, I'm spending time with my kids. And, um, you know, I'm somebody who was working 12 hour days pretty easily, six days a week. And, um, and for me, it really is a matter of saying, no, trust God that everything's going to work out the way it needs to. Um, and, you know, put him first and, um, and it will work out. So yeah, that's what I know he's calling me to do. That's something really important, Joe. You said that you put it on your calendar. And I believe that that is so important. I always, I always say whenever I, I do a speaking engagement and I'm talking to the women about uh, making a commitment, I always say commitment shows up in two places. It shows up in your wallet and it shows up in your calendar. And if you really want to know what you are seriously committed to in your life, you have to look at your credit card statement <laughs> and look at your schedule. How are you spending your time and how are you spending your money? And if that's not what you want to be committed to, if you want to recommit to something else, and this is why this is such an important question, right? To ask ourselves, what is the one thing that we believe God is calling us to? And whatever that one thing is, then let's make the investment. And that investment will mean, you know, your time. It might mean your money. It might. Who knows? Right? It might mean that God is calling you to move somewhere, right? And that'll cost you some money. Or maybe he's calling you to whatever it is. But whatever that thing is that God is calling you to do, see how you can start fitting that into your schedule and making that time commitment for it. And I think that's uh, that's it's just such a great, such a great piece of advice, though. Thank you for sharing that. Succeeding, us Christian career women, we don't know anything about the need to succeed. <laughs> So this chapter in uh, Cindy's book is Surrendering the Need to Succeed. And the scripture that she associates uh, with a lot of the themes in this chapter, and she has plenty of other scriptures, but this is the one scripture that really spoke to me is Psalm 138, verse 8. The Lord will accomplish what mm -hmm. concerns me. And this for me is a hard thing to do as, as a doer, as a, a personality. This is hard for me to do. I feel like I need to be doing it. I need to do, do to accomplish and get and make things happen. But this is what God is calling us to do. And and don't get me wrong, I don't think God is telling us to just sit around on the sofa and wait for things to come and happen to us. I do believe that we need to take uh, we need to take steps of faith so that God can uh, move along with us or push us along or grab us by the hand and drag us sometimes. Uh, but we have to keep all that in perspective, right? And it's exactly what Nakia was saying. We all need to read the book of Ecclesiastes because the book of Ecclesiastes talks about there are seasons in our lives and there will be seasons in our lives when we have to work hard, right? And there are going to be seasons in our lives where we have to just rest. Whatever that season is, we need to acknowledge the season, but then also always make sure that God is in his proper place in that season. And that we're also getting uh, advice and guidance from him in that season. So what do you what do you guys think about this scripture in particular? The Lord will accomplish what concerns me. I think at times it's just it's challenging just to put that whole trust in the Lord. You know, whatever season, whatever situation you're going through, at times it's it's hard because our human tendency is like I got this, I can do this, yeah, I, I, instead of just trying to take a step back and say, okay, the Lord put this in my heart and I trust that he's going to bring through whatever he showed me, whatever he's promising me, if I just, you know, do X, Y, and Z, you know, because the world tries, comes against us and tells us, no, you know, you, you have to do this, this way, you know, but we're trying to do it the way the Lord would do it, you know, do our work upon the Lord, not man, you know, so I think it's, it's challenging, you know, that's why, again, we always have to make sure we have the Lord centered um, before everything and anything that we want to do, we seek to do, and just on a daily basis. There's a quote from Cindy, she says, 
who is setting who is setting the standard by which you live the world which says you must keep running in order to get what you want or god who says commit to the lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed i love the scripture i do I, I like this quote right here yeah it actually speaks um volumes to um what angelica spoke of is that you know, when you put God first in whatever it is that you're doing, it's not a matter of is it successful to a person or to man or to your job. It's you put it in, you know, you commit it to the Lord and you say, okay, God, show me what I need to do. And if you put God first, he says it right here, your plans will succeed. And, and that's the key thing in all that we do, we put God first in all that we do, rather it be, you know, I, I'll be the first to say when I sit down to pay my bills every month, it's like, Lord, I'm asking you right now to fulfill the needs to make these payments. And, and it's a matter of, Lord, if I don't have it, then it doesn't need to be paid or there's something else that's going to come along. So you put your, your trust there. Like you said, Angelica, it's not always easy to do because um, you know we're, we're looking at it from our physical mind, our, our carnal selves, but the word does tell us that if we put God in and we put God first, that he will make it successful, not man, not the world. Here's some time for self-reflection. Is there a time in your life when you were striving but were not able to get ahead? Two years ago, it's going to be two years ago that um, I got back to work. I was out for, I had hurt my foot and I got back in. Um, my department was a mess. I saw something back now. I'm like, I don't know what we're doing. You know, it was just, it was so out of order, such a mess, you know, and I kept on pushing hard to get back to where it was or even better. And I was working late, you know, there was one day where I came home like about 10 o'clock, you know, and my husband was like, okay, what's, what are you doing? What's going on? You know, whatever can't be done today, it, it'll be there tomorrow. You can get it done tomorrow. And I was like, no, you don't understand. I, I, I was like, I need to get this department back to where it was at. You know, I, 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 you know, and the department was on, on my section was on my, on just on my shoulders, you know, but I kept on pushing and pushing, you know, and like, you know, like um, Cindy's um, shared in, in that book, you know, those two different um, scenarios, you know, that one worker that worked so late, you know, and the other one that just, that didn't. And that really brought me conviction. That really made me realize like I was working so late, you know, trying to accomplish something that I felt I, that I needed to get done. And at the end, you know, um, it, the department get, did get stable, you know, but at the end, what was the reward of it? You know, I missed out so much with my children. You know, I was so stressed. I was getting sick, you know, because I was trying to do things out of my own will. That's a great um, uh, example. And you said something important there too. And you said that you, you got sick and, and that's a reality. I remember uh, being in a particular job where uh, I was so stressed that I was manifesting, you know, physical, you know, pain and anxiety. And at first I didn't know what it was, but I would keep getting this pain along my jaw. And it's like, my jaw would just clench. And I thought maybe there was something wrong with my teeth. I'm like, I gotta go to the dentist. I gotta see what's going on. And it wasn't until one day I got a phone call from the job. And the minute I answered the phone, the pain just came, it was like automatic. And I realized that it had to do with the stress I was undergoing at work at the time. It wasn't just random pain that I needed to go to the dentist for. So absolutely, there are those moments when uh, if we also don't manage uh, all the things that are on our plate, uh, that we can also manifest some physical signs and we can even make ourselves sick. It's very true. So here's a sentence and hopefully uh, Nakia will, will, will be able to log back in. Looks like we just lost her briefly. There she is. So here's a sentence. Com thank, uh, hello, Nakia, welcome back. Uh, <laughs> complete this sentence. I worked for blank, but God gave me blank. I'll go first if you guys don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Mine was, um, I worked for approval of man, but God gave me freedom and peace. I had different words that mean the same thing. <laughs> uh, I worked for praise, which might as well be the approval of man. And yeah, God gave me peace. That's exactly what I was thinking. And then so, so many of us do work for praise, right? Where when we're achievement oriented, that's what we're striving for. So that's completely uh, relatable. That's great. So another chapter in the book is about choosing to live a simpler life. And we have a scripture here from uh, the book of Matthew that says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there, your heart will also any thoughts on the scripture? It made me just realize or just think about um, just in general where it talks about like the last sentence, I worked for, let's just say a job, but God gave me a career or I worked for a paycheck, but God gave me peace. He gave me, you know, equity, whatever it may be. But here's the thing. It's not about the things that are, you know, that were moths and rust can destroy the material things. It's about the peaceful things that we can have in our lives. So if you're in a job where you are burdened down by your job, God can remove you from that situation. You may not be able to make the exact same amount of money you're making, but you'll have the peace and the sanity and the, the calmness will come about you. So it may not be about the money. He'll take care of the finances for you. He'll find a way, he'll make a way that you will be able to have your needs met. You'll have a roof over your head. You'll be able to have your, your, your things paid for, but he'll also give you that peace where you may not be able to make as much money to buy these material items that will rust away and moths will eat away. But it's more about the peace that you will get in the, the the better surrounding or environment. I think someone earlier mentioned just being removed from a situation um, that was just unhealthy. That wasn't by chance. That was, you know, God working it out for you. Amen. So um, Cindy mentions in a quote in her book, she says, God will bless us when we reorder our lives and clean up the clutter in our hearts mm. as well as in our homes. You guys have any thoughts on this quote? I think it really hits the spot <laughs> in all areas, <laughs> you know? I mean, uh, just, I mean, yeah, <laughs> the clutter in our hearts, you know? I mean, what, whatever we're holding on to, you know? We withheld, we ourselves withhold our blessings, you know? because we're holding on to either unforgiveness, either grudges or either certain pain or hurt, you know, that the Lord just wants us to let go and let him, you know, come in and heal us and do what he wants to do. But we're holding on to that clutter and we don't allow him to come in. And then we feel like we don't, we never get a breakthrough, you know, and then our homes, you know, it, it goes for the same thing. You know, we're holding on to things that we don't use we don't need you know we could either not even think about making money off of it but just donate it you know it could mean a lot to somebody else what is just sitting there piling up and you know or just collecting dust it could be a blessing for somebody else and we don't see that at times mm -hmm. and again not not having our house you know cluttered free you know again it's, it makes me um, see it the way, like, again, we're not allowing the Lord and the Holy Spirit to come in and really take residence of our home. Yeah, the times that I've got a lot going on, you can tell because that's what happens. It's like my desk is a mess. Like right now you can't see but my desk is a mess. And it's a reflection of today. And you go into the kitchen and I'm like, no, I'm not doing the dishes. I can't. And I, you know, I'll walk away, but the days that you see everything's in order, I've even got the little sense going on and you can smell it when you walk into the house and everything's in its proper place. Then, you know, when I'm at peace, right? So I love this, this 
quote because it reminds me that, yeah, sometimes our external environment is actually a reflection of what's going on inside. Mm-hmm. And you know, so if you really want to know where you're at, just look around you right now. Like your, your space, your home should be an oasis. It should be the place that you come to find peace, to lay your head and to rest. But if it's not that, it's probably a reflection of what's going on inside. Maybe you've got a lot going on and maybe you just need to stop, right? Go back to that first scripture, just be still, take a deep breath and just say, you know, how do I start removing some of this clutter both internally in my heart and then externally so that I can have peace in my home. And that peace, it it transcends everything, right? When you've got that kind of peace and that kind of order in your home, you start with the clutter, but then you start seeing some of that also transition to your family members with your husband and with your children, right? When they can live in, in, in breathable, open, peaceful space, it really trans it, it transforms the dynamic in your home even. So I, this just reminded me of that, uh, and I uh, I love it. I love it. It's just a great reminder. I'll just add to that, Ellie. Um, I think it may have been about a week ago. I just shared with uh, my sister. I literally just posted on Facebook. My life is organized chaos, and it was like people were like, "Huh? What does that mean?" And, and I do, so like right now, I feel like my life is in an organized chaos because just my personality, I think I have everything in line, in order, where it should be, what should be going on. But at the same time, if somebody's looking from the outside, they're like, girl, you're going in 10 different directions. You're doing 10 different things. And that is actually how I feel my life is. If you walked into my house right now, Literally, my laundry is in stacks by types of clothes, the colors, where they need, but they're not put up, they're not hanging up, but they're organized, but it's chaos because they're not in their place. But it's in, and that is, it, you are so true when you say your life, when you look around physically, is how you are inside, because that is exactly the explanation of my life that I literally just shared with one of my sisters not too long ago. So it is actually true. That's great. That's great. <laughs> I did a training yesterday that said that there's three kinds of clutter. The physical one is obvious, but um, there's intellectual clutter and emotional clutter. Mm. And I think that gets to what she was talking about as far as, you know, I know I've had certain thoughts sometimes that, um, you know, emotional thoughts that just wouldn't let go, um, that were, you know, blocking my blessings and blocking, you know, everything really in my life. Um, and intellectual clutter, you know, if there's things that um, you know you need to get to, but you haven't gotten to it yet, then it's just dangling out there, taking up space and taking up energy that we could be using to get um, to get those things done. So I think it all does go together that if we can find peace and then, you know, work on things one thing at a time, emotionally and intellectually and physically, um, and it, it all helps. Good advice. Good advice. So what eternal treasures would you like to store for yourself? My kid following the Lord. <laughs> Many of us have that hope for our kids. It's great. And I would, I would add that um, an eternal treasure that I would just like to store for myself would be like just peace, just a peace of mind, just peace in everything that I do, just a sense of peace. Because I feel that when you have peace with in your life, physically, emotionally, and so in all aspects of your life, you can't have anything but joy. You can't because the joy will come naturally. Um, And it's not happiness because happiness, I think, is temporary. But it's that everlasting joy that will come out of the different um, feelings of peace within your life and everything that you do. That was something I would just build up that every time I did something, I'm just, oh, I have peace. Oh, I have peace or I have joy. (laughs) Amen. I I really think that's the bridge to go from this state of being overwhelmed to 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 be overflowing. That really is the bridge, that peace, right? To kind to find that that even though there's a lot going on around us, you know, can we find that peace? Can we find our center in that? 
And I think for me, gratitude is something that's helped me get there, you know, to make sure to be taking time to give thanks for everything going on. Um, and then I, I even like to give thanks in advance, um, you know, for what I think God's going to do or the promises he's made um, that, that I find helps me get my focus back on him. So we're coming to the end of our uh, Bible study here. And, and our final scripture is, uh, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So in what ways do you remain in him now? For myself, um, I started to journal during this time, so um, that's really helped me be able to focus with him. And also, at the same time, I hear the Lord answering, answering what I'm journaling about. So I think the journaling and trying my best to really spend that also like quiet and stillness time in the morning before my kids get up and everything, you know. I don't always get to do it, but I try my best. But the journaling is something that I've been very consistent with in the morning, uh, throughout the day too, and then uh, before I go to sleep. So I think uh, that's the way I'm like being able to remain in him during this time. I'll say one of the ways that I've um, remained in him and um, it started again at the beginning of 2020. Um, that whole 2020 concept, um, I had some ink pens with um, 2020 vision um, made. And at one of my um, get togethers where women came over our women's fellowship, I shared this with the other women in that I will seek more of God in 2020 through my 2020 vision, I will see him. So these are the things that I started, like I said, I was on a roll first quarter. I thought I was doing something, but then God said, it's now time for everybody to slow down, but it became more of a channel for me individually and personally versus what I thought in the first quarter was going to be something I wanted to champion with our women's ministry and get it out there for all these women. It wasn't for them. It was for me. And I will say during this time of COVID, there has been so many different Bible um uh, lessons that I have learned from, I'll say, even from the Christian women um, website, you know, when I take that and I read that and I try to then apply it each time I see that or each time I hear that, I'll tell you, I'll print them out. I mean, and I'll refer back to them. So I'm not into the journaling, but what I do have is a notebook. And in my notebook, either it's coming from something off of Facebook, or if I listen to something on one of the podcasts that I'm listening from somebody else, or a lecture or a sermon, and they tell me to go somewhere, I'll pull it up online, put the scripture there, print it out, and then I'll start writing on that paper. I'll stick it in my notebook. So I literally have a brand new notebook that I just started doing that, but that keeps me in him because now I have something physical, concrete, I can refer to and it's not just something conceptual that oh I gotta remember who told me that who I can now refer to it in all the different parts of my life that I'm doing I can go back to that paper and be like oh that's where that came from so that's something that I, I did during this time period so that's so nice that's great, that's great. and and it's funny because I, I was thinking about that as well you know when we started this year everybody was talking about 2020 vision you know, mm -hmm. I, the Oprah con conference in New York, and we were talking about 2020 vision. And, um, and when I stop and I reflect, I'm like, yeah, we, we had that 2020 vision time. I think we just all thought that it was going to be something where we were going to be actively engaged in pursuing, but it was actually time to just stop and reflect, right? Because that's the best way to get your vision straight, right? To really see clearly is to stop, listen, and reflect. And we've put ourselves in that situation. And Angie is saying 2020 hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's 2020 hindsight. And as we, as everybody's starting, starting to talk about reopening and getting back into a new normal, whatever that is, uh, I hope that this time that we've spent hasn't been in vain. 
that it wasn't just that we were, you know, in hibernation during this quarantine time, right? But that 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 we will put ourselves in a in a position where where we are going to do things differently because we had so much time to reflect and to not only think about ourselves, but we're seeing this now. But so many people thinking and talking about what our society looks like and how you know members of our society feel like they're included or they're not included, and that, and, and whether there are disparities in that. There's so much reflection that we're we're uh, going through right now, not only personally, but as a nation. And I think that that's what was intended to happen at this time. So 2020 vision, absolutely, and 2020 hindsight, both of those things together, uh, hopefully that we will have set a, a, a beautiful foundation for a bright future if we can take the lessons that we learn from our self-reflection and actually apply them in our daily lives. And us as Christian women, knowing that God is the one who is infusing us with knowledge and wisdom, that gives us even more power to go out into the world and really make a difference. So before we uh, close off our, our Bible study, uh, do uh, you ladies have any closing thoughts or reflections or comments uh, on our study? First, I was asking myself and I shared with you, Ellie, like me, you know, being a speaker, you know, why me, you know, I still have this to work on, or I'm working on this on, you know, and I remember that same day, God gave me my confirmation with the uh, mug that I was drinking my tea out of, you know, the scripture, you know, and um, as I started to read the book, you know, when I got it, you know, I see why, you know, the Lord put upon you to ask me to, you know, there's so much, um, there's conviction that I received and so much stuff that the Lord made me realize through this book, but also that I need rest. I really need rest and I keep on fighting it. You know, the Lord has done different things. You know, when I hurt my foot that I was pulled out, it wasn't just for a reason, you know, and still even then I wasn't still, you know, I was still trying to move around on those crutches on that boot camp, as heavy as it was on the cast. I wasn't being still, you know, and during this time, you know, I semi hurt my other foot a little bit. So I was like, okay, Lord, I'm like, I, I hear you. You got me, you know, it, it's not broken anything, but I heard it. And my kids were like, oh no, like not again, you know? And, you know, my husband's like, you need to be still, you know? So um, God's really got me attention. You know, this book has really made me reflect a lot on how we need that physical, mental, you know, spiritual rest in him. And, you know, he works in mysterious ways, you know, and um, I really need to rest, rest in him. So, so again, for anybody who's interested, the book is When Women Long for Rest by Cindy McMenamin. Uh, this is a great summer read. Like I said, I try to pick it up every summer uh, and, and just uh, reflect on it. And we're going to take a little break over the summer uh, from our Bible studies. We're, we're going to be back in September, but it's because we want to put this into action. Uh, we're going to take a break from the Bible studies, but that doesn't mean you stop studying the Bible. It just means we're not going to have this forum uh, for two months, but we're still going to be very active in our Facebook group. So if you're not a member of our Facebook group, just find us. We have a private Facebook group. We'll be posting there on a regular basis and then uh, keep connecting. And if you haven't participated in our virtual coffee break, uh, our last virtual coffee break that we launched during the pandemic will be this coming Friday, and it's going to be a very special time. We're going to celebrate our one-year anniversary, but we're also going to put a vision board together. It's going to be our community vision board. Uh, it's going to be a group exercise. It's going to be a little different, but it's going to be something fun because we're going to take our community to the next level. We're going to let God lead us, but it's going to be a shared vision that we're going to create. So we're going to take that one-hour Friday uh, virtual coffee break. Uh, 3 p.m. Eastern time, 2 p.m. Central time, 1 p.m. Mountain time, 12 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, so if you're not a part of the group and you'd like to participate in that, we welcome you. Uh, we've got a wonderful group of warm, loving sisters that embrace everyone who comes through the virtual door. So we hope that you'll be a part of that. And uh, if you want more information, just go into our Facebook page or go to our private Facebook group, Find Christian Career Women. Uh, we invite you to be a part of our group. So thank you guys so much for uh, this wonderful year as we go into uh, start our, our second year uh, of existence. Uh, we thank you so much for this wonderful year that we've had and we're looking forward to creating more valuable opportunities going into our second year. So come September, look for more Bible studies, but also look uh, for opportunities where we're gonna start engaging 
in really uh, developing ourselves, not only spiritually, but professionally. We're going to also start talking about how we can uh, create opportunities for ourselves in our careers using biblical leadership principles to help us get ahead in the workplace. So thank you again uh, so much for your partnership and for your commitment to our group. Until next time, God bless. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.